everybody. Relax. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Everybody Relax Podcast. I know it's been a minute. It's been quite some time. I hope that you are having an amazing year, amazing start out to 2023. So wild to think that it is um, almost May, um, which is just wild to me. Um, welcome back. You know, if you're new to me, new to the podcast, welcome. Welcome to the Everybody Relax Podcast, where I talk about a range of different topics, um, social work, social issues, social justice, a little bit of everything here. And I took a brief hiatus for quite some time and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my podcast. And um, I did that. And I still don't know what I'm going to do with it, but um, I'm also doing some stuff where I'm pivoting my business. And so I had said I wanted to hop on here and I had the itch to get on the podcast last week. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to hop on this podcast and see what's going on, see if I still got it, see if I still got it, because it's been about probably five to six months since I've recorded, so, but ultimately, um, you know, it's just like riding a bicycle almost, you know what I'm saying, you never forget it, Um, you come right back to it once you learn it, so, um, hello, (laughs) Um, quick update, some stuff that's been going on with on my side, Um, you know, still in private practice, still doing a lot of speaking engagements, um, it's been slower now since we got through the first quarter, going to the second quarter a little bit slower. Um, also, update, how I became a teacher. I became a professor at Virginia State University, um, teaching in the master's social work program, man. And that's been an awesome and amazing experience. Um, teaching at an HBCU, had no idea that that would be a, a place or position in my career. I, I, I will say I always did want to teach. I uh, did want to teach some role capacity, but just didn't know how about how to go about doing so and thought I needed a Ph.D., of course, to do it. But, um, you know, the times that I did look to do teaching, it didn't work out, didn't pan out or um, and it just wasn't really um, or I never got a call back, you know, so I didn't have no teaching experience. And so, you know, man. Shout out to networking. Shout out to opportunities. Shout out to creating and foster relationships um, that keep you, you know, your names in rooms that you didn't even know was an opportunity for you that helps you with opportunities that you didn't even know would be beneficial for you. So, um, you know, one of my um, close friends, colleagues, you know, that first one of the first people that I knew that was a social worker, they even got their doctorate in social work you know, helped me, um, recruited me to the program and helped me get situated and things like that. And just have amazing staff there, things that they've done some amazing things with this program and they're building up from the ground up. So you all know, I love to craft and build and, you know, create. So that's a perfect, perfect opportunity for me. Um, and so we're working on a lot of different things there. I'm enjoying teaching, teaching new social work students, introducing them to the field of social work, the world of social work. And, you know, even since my little hiatus, how much has, you know, evolving and changing and growing so fast in the field. And so um, get to introduce them to that, man. And then just share my experience in the field, share my experience of what I've done in my, my time. And it's really weird because I could see myself with my students and um, I sat where they sat. Um, I'm working with part time students. So they work. And so I was there, you know, what I'm saying my part time program. So I stopped working. And so um Man, it's just it's full circle moment, really full circle moment for that man. Um, um, so yeah, that's that's the updates. Been doing a lot of 
uh, conversations and talking, speaking engagement with the brothers and social work collective. Shout out to Dr. Dr. Bell and Chris Scott. Shout out to the Fab Five, um, Jabri, Josh. Appreciate y'all boys, man. Um, social work collective been moving around. Just finished up doing some stuff with um, University of Alabama and their social work program. Doing talking about digital, uh, navigating the digital space, which I'm very excited um, to show up there in Tuscaloosa. Um, in October, um, and so um, to to share with that, that was very very good conversation in navigating the, the tech space, and that's a lot of stuff happening in the social work field around AI tech, you know, and the chatbot and stuff like that. So I think it's a good opportunity to have these conversations. Social work is evolving so quickly and so fast. It was never this quick and fast when I came out. It wasn't like this, man. So, um, and this is also why we're here today, right? You know what I'm saying? We're also going to talk about some different things that I've, I've popped up on, stuff that I've been working on and looking at. And I think that, you know, the service that I'm offering going forward um, in my business with Uphold. And um, also still any speaking engagements that y'all, um, y'all need a speaker for, especially for Mental Health Awareness Month coming up next month, please let me know. Also, refresh the journey to find peace. If you have not bought that book, please go out and buy that. That is available on Amazon. Spot, not Spotify, but Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, wherever you can buy your book at that. You should be right there to purchase. Once you read it, let me know what you think. Leave a review on Amazon. That boosts, boosts my level on Amazon's bestseller ranking. Um, and it's helpful for independent authors, man. It's been a busy time. It's been a busy time, but things are slowing down, so that's why I can pivot a little bit to jump back on the podcast. So, offering, um, so with that being said, I'm sorry. With that being said, let's just go ahead and jump right into it, man. Um, I have a new service that I'm authoring. I mean, offering. I keep saying author and offering. Keep mixing them up. They're doing it all weekend. I'm offering. And it's called Social Entrepreneurship Coaching. Now, not sure if you have heard of that, right? It's a concept that's been around for quite some time. Um, but I don't think this has gotten much as much mainstream notoriety as um other avenues in social work when you typically take think about social work you think about clinical social work macro social work now um including me other podcasters other people out there that i rock with have been pushing the narrative around different forms of social work right you've seen that with hip-hop social work podcast you've seen that with equity matters you've seen that with melanated social work you seen that with social work rants, um, social workers rise, all these other different podcasts that have talked about different forms of social work. I've never heard anybody for me in my spaces refer to the generalization of social work entrepreneurship. Now, that may be because it is on the rise since pandemic, since COVID. And there has been a great shift in the field, right, from agencies. And then one of the things I tell students all the time, we're social workers. We have different codes and ethics, right? We have a code of ethics. But the places that we might be employed by, they might not be the, you know, they don't have the same code of ethics as social workers most of the time. So there has been a bait, a great shift in entrepreneurship for social workers, especially once you get licensed, and you can own your own independent practice. And especially because they've pushed social work to the clinical space so much that it's an opportunity to do so. And so I have been in business 
uh, providing therapy since 2020, which is wild to say because we're in 2023, and um, between part-time and doing it full-time last year. So there is a role in that, right? Um, but social entrepreneurship, social work entrepreneurship, two different entities, but of course, social work entrepreneurship talks about the business of social work as independent social workers being business owners. Social entrepreneurship, I like to think of that as, you know, looking at how one could make a for-profit business while helping others, right? And, or, you know, dealing with social inequities, environmental issues, um, things like that, creating a business model off that. And I say that because um, if you think about business in a whole, if you talk to any business person like that, they're going to always say, okay, what is the problem that you're trying to solve with your business? So inherently, realistically, you think about it, business does, is has its roots in trying to solve some form of social issue or social problem. This is why, you know, your business owners around healthcare agencies are typically not, you know, mental health professionals or health professionals. They're typically more so business owners, business-minded people, because healthcare is a business, just like anything else. But even if it was like a Target or Walmart, right, what is the problem? What is the problem that I'm trying to solve with my supermarket, right, or my grocery store? What is the problem that I'm trying to solve with my technology company? What is the problem, Apple, like, i.e. Apple, i.e. Google, i.e., you know, whatever. What is the problem I'm trying to solve with my, my, my car game or car industry going electric, right? We start trying to solve problems while also providing solutions and um, then also as well building an actual scalable business, but also building a, a business that is profitable um, because everybody doesn't make a profit now, um, but making a profit um, and, and, and all, while also generating revenue. Now, a couple of things that I'm doing, been researching for, you know, um, as I'm at my position, um, at Virginia State, but also just with my, my business, transitioning, you know, with the business and, and adding this last service, trying to help other social workers, mental health professionals, healthcare providers, nonprofit, anybody that is in, in, invested in trying to do um, social entrepreneurship, trying to do work in the community or solve a problem in the community or at the state level, federal level. But does it want to do it nonprofit or wants to do it nonprofit? Either way, right? Because nonprofit is a business too. Let's be let's be honest. Uh, but helping those individual people so- solve problems, and so um, and I wanted to help support them because when I started Uphold three one eight, Uphold did just that. Uphold was a social social enterprise. It was a social entrepreneurship business, and Again, this is why sometimes when you start listening to other business professionals, it's good to listen to them if they depend on what industry they are in. I think you can get great things from them. But when it comes to the work that we're trying to do, solving social problems, inequities, you know, meeting people where they are, you need social work professionals or healthcare professionals or whatever industry you're trying to get into, the topic or you know, place you're trying to get into, you need professionals from there to build that business adequately because it looks different private practice building model looks different. Um, it, it resembles a healthcare model versus 
your target versus, you know, somebody that's selling services, selling shirts. It looks a little bit different. And it has to in order to meet the people where they're at. You're dealing with, you know, different type of clientele um, and different type of roles. So in my situation, though, when it didn't initially start as a private practice, it was a community organization. One could say it was a nonprofit, but at the same time, there was an educational and community focus to uphold 318, which was at first helping to bridge the gap and meet the community where they are to end violence in the community. And that was the start of it, which then turned into speaking engagements, um, facilitation um, around different community groups, community events, speaking, then moving to education, advocacy, awareness around mental health. Very easily, and I've had multiple thoughts about turning into a nonprofit. And that might, that's still not the out the realm of the possibility, just putting that out there. But that is where social entrepreneurship, I can, you know, come into the fold because it can go nonprofit or it can be for profit. I just decided to turn it into the um, private practice of which it is now, right? Now, with that being said, I've added the consulting aspect of it. So now I do consulting or talking about diversity, equity, inclusion. I know that's that's kind of been on the, the outskirts lately. Um, racial equity. Um, I really want to get into the aspect of helping companies with their mental wellness on the job. And then now also social entrepreneurship, also Brothers and Social Work Collective is under that piece as well. So that's where the consulting and everything comes into play. So that's 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 social entrepreneurship in, the, in its whole, and especially more specifically, social work entrepreneurship. And it's one of the things that I want to make sure that social workers, new, new and upcoming social workers, even current social workers that's been in the game for quite some time, know that they have the ability to do so because a lot of times they don't know. Even the student level or my OG social workers, they don't even know that it's a possibility. You feel what I'm saying? Because it does not push. I, I think I met one person that told me that they said that they teach entrepreneurship in their program. That is one of the things I want to do, right? Um, but if you look at it in, the, in some of my research, right, we'll define it, right, but you think about um, social, you know, the, the, one of the, what is the article right here? Article I looked at from Trisha B. Bent Goodley, Howard University. Entrepreneurship is a pro process of putting new ideas into practice, and social work entrepreneurship is a creation of institutions through entrepreneurial thinking that are guided by social work ethics and based on integration of social service, business, and public relations skills. Again, social workers can do so much in so many different things, right? And so that's where we come in and be business owners. We're just not taught the traits of business, right? And here's the thing about it, right? Here's the thing. Um, in, in of this space, we should be working to have a problem and have an issue to solve. That's what we're supposed to be doing in this, in this whole situation. So we should, the, the means and motives, right, should be, you should be working to solve an issue. We also can still make good money too, right? But at the same point in time, the, the it's difference between a business owner, traditional business owner, we're going to look for that, that profit, that revenue, right? But then also for us, we're looking to solve a, solve a, solve a social issue or problem or environmental issue or inequity while also making some money, right? Because we have an actual skill and talent. Now, I know it sounds cringy, like, okay, well, how are you going to help people solve a problem, a social inequity, a problem, things like that, while also like you know also um intertwining making profit 
right? And 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 doing that. And I'm I'm like, okay, well, it sounds cringy, right? It sounds suck because capitalism it keeps people in this cycle of, you know, these type of things. I get it, right? But who says that you have to take directly this money from your clientele or population that you serve in? There's also other ways around that, whether that be in consulting, grants, um, contracting your services, things like that for different groups who have access to these funds, maybe bigger businesses, bigger corporations that need to outsource their, their inventory, outsource their information or outsource, you know, the work that they're doing. Granted, I have no problem taking money from insurance companies. You know what I'm saying? And there's back and forth content context about you know, charging your clients and, you know, and uh, insurance companies, therefore, da, 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 da. but insurance companies, I, I still have some stuff with me around charging my clients for for sessions. I do. I'll be honest with you. But when it comes to insurance companies, I have no problem. No problem charging insurance companies because insurance companies, million dollar, multi-million dollar companies, they're also providing getting giving it my, my clients access to get services. Right. And so that, I think I talked about that months prior years prior about my dilemma between you know insurance and self-pay right that and my stuff that i've dealt with on that right but i don't have a problem with insurance you know what i'm saying taking insurance and then charging them when i need to right um and so that's where you have to look at it from that perspective because the way of the world and what's going on right now there's so many different things and lanes that is needed especially for social workers a lot of people want to say they can solve these issues, but obviously it's clearly that that these issues are not being solved. Some disciplines can't don't have the skill set to do so, right? So that is where we come in. Versus somebody that is a more business like that's traditional business minded person, right? That might be just, you know, somebody that does good business and buys companies, right? The owner of the healthcare company might be a CEO business person that just so happens to own a healthcare company but knows nothing about healthcare. The owner of the social service agency or the CEO of the social service agency or the CEO of the person providing therapy services, as you've seen with most of these tech companies and new and upcoming companies, they have no mental health experience, behavioral health experience, social experience. They only have what they have as an issue, right, as experience. Their background might be tech, finance, marketing, whatever. They are building a business model because they know how to build a business model. They don't know nothing about healthcare, mental health, or behavior health, or whatever you want to call it, social justice. They don't know anything about that. But they're hiring people to do so, right? Or they might just build a model of what they think is needed in this space, right? From a different perspective. So you're building a behavior health or a mental health or let's say a um how we say a, a more um on demand type healthcare agency that has that you're and you're looking at it from a, a more um because your experience of financing or marketing perspective you're not looking at it from a person-centered solution focused person and environment perspective does that make sense um you can nod your head i can't see you but just you know make sense say shake your head now nah, or say you know raise it but that that that's what i'm talking about so that's why I, and I, i've learned that early in the game working where and I think I told you this story, you guys, you know, about me working at the community service board and um, one of my older jobs. And the assessment tool that we were using was from a healthcare agency, 
right? But the person had no he the, the owner had no formal background experience in the field of healthcare and environment or whatever you want to call it. But had figured out this assessment tool based upon what other clinicians have came up with was the best thing to have. And now his job was to go around and pitch and sell that to healthcare agencies. That was his old job. And I, 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 I struggled with that. Cause I was like, why couldn't that be the originators of the assessment tool? Right. To do just that instead of just being hired to do that for his company. Cause that will cut the middleman out and that'll make that person, that direct entrepreneur to partner with that. Oh, and by the way, they're a clinician or they're a social entrepreneur and they can speak to the different nuances, right? From their own background and experience that will make this thing a little bit more fitting for what they need to do in the healthcare agency or behavioral health unit, whatever you want to call it. This is where we come in at social entrepreneurs um, and, 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 and social, you know, social entrepreneurs and social work entrepreneurship. So when you think about it, and, you know, in this article it talks about, it says, you know, thinking about a new kind of service, a new way of providing an assistance, existing service, a service provides a new clientele, new financing, organizational arrangements for providing a given service, or even a re revitalization of a program with an existing organizational framework. And I'll be honest with you, some of us in private practice are doing just that, right? Traditional private practice looks like this, and it was this, it was that, it was this, it was that. We took that, did something that was more specific and amicable to the needs of our population that we want to work with. I built a model of private practice around working with black men, black women. It's virtual. And I have fostered a business relationship um, around just that, taking existing models and modifying them. That's another way we can do that. You know, um, these, 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 these things that can happen and, and you can do that um, and build off of that and work with that. You can take old frameworks and rework them. You can create your own framework, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? My own, my, one of my newer frameworks is Goodfellas Project, where I took uh, a population that doesn't typically go to therapy or doesn't typically get the, you know, um, funding to get the services that they need, created that model, took group facilitation model, and, 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 and condensed it to fit the population I want to serve. And that is my guiding model to every, whenever I do facilitation with black men in any type of space but also just in general it is my and it, and it might be something off somebody else's why they do things but i haven't seen it done the way i do it um and so that's something that you know has you know foundational roots that's been probably been modified over time but at the same time it is very specific for my population that i work with um so when you think about problems in the community and this is why i tell my, my students my intern um you know the demand for us is not gonna go anywhere right it, it's not gonna go anywhere for quite some time so this is a great time to be in the field um great time to do this work and great time to do things that you really want to do that's in a creative manner long are the days at this point um for social work entrepreneurship or just Social, uh, social entrepreneurship in general, that you have to do it. You have to. The only your only options are, you know, community-based work, hospital-based work, private practice, right, and policy. 
that long, long gone are those days. You have multiple options at this point to do what you need to do. Here is where I come in. I want to help support those individuals who want to do the things that they want to do in this space, um, whether it be a social worker, a LCSW, um, a community organizer, uh, advocate, um, LPC, psychiatrist, psychologist, whoever wants to do this type of work, I want to help support them and help go through those different avenues to depth do it. Um, I had no framework. I built my stuff based upon an influencer model, right? But also I built my stuff on what I learned in business prior and knowing some little bit about business and my business owners that was around me. Yes, I tapped in with my colleagues who had their own private practices. You know what I'm saying? So I worked with them, but then I knew what I wanted to craft to create, and I, there was no template for that out there. No template out there for me to say, yo, it's a private practice I'm going to do that's virtually as working with all black men and black women. I had no template for that, bro. So, and I had no template for Goodfellas Project. I had no template for the community work that I did, Stop the Violence Movement, UIE, things like that. I had no template for my consulting or speaking business um, around these type of topics, social justice, racial equity, things like that. I had no template for any of that, right? This podcast, whatever. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, when I offer this service, hey, listen, this is what you need to be doing um, with your business, especially if you want to go into it, social entrepreneurship or social work entrepreneurship. And this is where I come in at. I want to help people, you know, forecast what they're looking for in their business and brand, right? Like, and, and this goes into even creating, crafting your business, but also helping you with your brand as well. Because the brand side is me using an influencer model to put myself in positions I've been putting in at this current moment. But from a business model, right? There's so much going into dealing with, you know, your numbers, learning your numbers, learning how you spend your money, like and how and when, how and when you spend your money, typically learning how to save taxes. Taxes is the biggest thing. I'm really here to just help people avoid um, having to spend thousand dollars in taxes because I'm going through it with it. But I, I know what, you know, I did wrong. Right. So if I can help somebody avoid that, then that's what I'll do. Um, looking at how you can um, build your business and, and, and create. I have heard a lot of therapists say they can't get their ideal client. Well, I can tell you the best way to get your ideal client is because I, I work with a population that they said did not <laughs> go to therapy. And also um, it was during the pandemic and I got my ideal client. And so looking at marketing, right? Marketing, I tell people about marketing. I tell people about colors of their brand. I tell people about fonts. Um your website, your 24-7 employee. I don't care what type of website you got. If you just got something that is a 24-7 employee where they can at least put, put in information, get more information, or put in a fill a form out. I don't care what the website looks like. You need to have a 24-7 website. But also, are you putting too much information on your websites? Too much information on your posts? People don't like to read a lot of stuff because it gets jumbled. It gets busy. They miss out. You have to speak. Whatever ideal population that you want to work with, you have to speak their language and speak to them. So when they speak it, when they read it, they feel like you're talking right directly to them. And I've gotten that feedback so many times with a bunch of my clients, whether it's my website or whether it's my Psychology Today profile. Right. And so, you know, talking about that, talking about, you know, what's your number? 
everybody always asks, what's your number? What's your number? What's your number can mean 10,000 different things. My number has shifted and changed 10,000 times since I started and um, continues to shift, right? But my number today could be my number to, you know, from last week, from number, it could be changed different to different. Now I have a better picture of what that number is because, you know, it, I, I really looked at everything and examined everything. But what is your number? And I, when I say what is your number, what is your number that you want to make? What is your number that you want that has, that covers the, the business expenses? And if you're taking care of the house, you're self-employed, the house expenses, and then also the taxes. So your number just can't be, okay, well, I want to make five. Was well, that five going to cover house, business, expenses, and also taxes? It might probably have to be at least seven or eight. So that affects how many clients you see or how many contracts or things you want to work with, negotiating those numbers. Because all these people, like, people ask me a lot of times, too, when you go charge for speaking engagements or you know facilitation, how do you know what to charge? And that's been a, a game of just trying to figure this thing out, learn the market, things like that, understanding budgets. But another thing that I also do with that is understanding, okay, what do I need to make in order to make this worthwhile? Like, because if I'm doing this, it's going to take away from this. How much does that cost me? Right. And so you understand what you can go for. What's your minimum? What you can go for if you can do it for free, you know, but or if you need to charge how much you need to charge when you know what your numbers you need to make um, at the end of each week or at the end of each month. Okay, if I need to hit five to seven this month and I'm probably going to, you know, forecast maybe three or four. Then if I do one or two of these engagements or clients or contracts, then it should be X, Y, and Z, right? And that's how I know. When you just go in there and you just kind of throw a number out and not forecasting everything that you need to pay or everything that you would like to be comfortable with, it gets hard. It gets very hard. So um, it gets difficult because you're really just basing upon just that one thought that you have right then and not taking the totality of everything, Right. So learning that, man, learning how to market, learning how to negotiate, learning how to also network, what directories and things to use, learning about SEO, which is search engine optimization, what places have the best SEO. Um, Psychology Today probably has the best SEO I've seen to date. Um, it, is, it is just ridiculous how fast they can get stuff out and how much you, it, 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 it collect, you know, your name pings in that once you get on that profile. But it costs a month, right? And, um, you know, stuff like that, right? Then if you want to get into the, the aspect of, okay, well, how do I do a facilitating a facilitation a group or get more involved in the community? How do I partner with different community agencies? What does that look like? How do I share my vision while also protecting my brand and my, my you know, things that I want to do? You know, those are so many different levels of social entrepreneurship that a traditional business owner could not really typically answer for you from our sector, right? They can answer to you from a traditional business sector, but because we're not a non, we're kind of a more of a non-traditional business role, you have to have those folks who are in business doing what you want to do to tell you how to navigate those pitfalls. Some of this is not in the course though, in the courses. We talk about working with um, like a lot of times working with different disciplines, right? But that does not prepare you for working with, you know, maybe politicians, um, big corporations to do, you know, events or contract out to do, you know, uh, contract out to 
work with certain um, agencies to provide therapy services or EAP services, how to negotiate your contract with that or what's too low, what's too high. You know, that's not really in the education, the CSWD, CSWE standards. We are here to make you, CSW is here to make you con- competent, informed um, social workers at the MSW level. You know what I'm saying? So um, that that is where I want, you know, and that, that's, there's a gap there. So we have, this is what CSW is, you know, has for social workers at the MSW level, but there are social workers you know, current students or current social workers have been in the game of OGs that had a desire to do something different, right? To do something that was more aligned with their goals and values because a lot of times the agencies that we work for, they don't align with our personal goals and values or personal morals and values. And they also don't align with our social work morals and values um, or ethics and values. But they want to do it. They don't have no template to do it. They don't have nobody to help them navigate on how to do it, right? It's just, I want to do this, but I have no idea where to start. I have no idea how to even get this thing rolling, this ball rolling. I don't even know how to engage with, you know, local elected officials or local business owners that are not like me. It is a very difficult task to think as a clinician therapist and also a business owner because a lot of times the two worlds don't align and you have to shut one off in order to think like the other one and once you get a good mix in there though once you figure it out and you can intertwine them you're in a good place but it is very difficult especially if you don't have no like no education behind or no template on how what it looks like and even if you had a template it's hard to it's hard to put it in your mind to grasp it because we are taught differently you know what i'm saying versus a traditional business owner who has a business mindset they think profit and revenue that's what they think our profit and revenue thought process might affect our clientele what i mean trey that means if i charge more Right. I might see less clients, but then does that fulfill me or does that align with my personal goals and values? So then I might offer more pro bono services or I might offer. It's almost like the reward system in traditional business setting. Like, okay, we come so many times you have, you know, you get free this, you free that. Right. But then for us, it's like, okay, well, my free time might comes with a spent energy or, you know, work-life balance so if i give out more five sessions five free sessions a month for such such population or whatever clientele that i want to work with does that hurt me on the back end from a profit and revenue perspective that is different thought process than what it is for a traditional business owner that's why i say that social work entrepreneurship or social entrepreneurship is different it's different it's different if i cut this program that's providing support groups in the area for the community we're getting grant funding. We're doing this. Even if you ever apply for a grant, right, you understand you have to use all your funds. And if you don't use all your funds, you know, you potentially won't get that grant again. But also, too, right, if we cut this program because we don't have the funding for it any, anymore, it impacts how we meet our community or meet the members of our community or members of our population we want to serve. It impacts how we meet them. Now there's another additional gap. Traditional business owners, 
they cut and you know lay off all of the time. You seeing it? You seeing it now? You've been seeing it, right? And we keep moving, so there's no concern about the client customer base because we know they're gonna. They're, we know that they'll figure it out or they'll just adjust. But we cutting costs. Our cutting costs may come at a cost. Their cutting costs is going to increase costs. Our cutting costs is not um, tangible money. So that's the difference. That's the difference. One of the many differences, right? So I want to, I'm going to start a series probably. I don't know when. I don't know when. So don't hold me to it. Um, but I do want to start a series. A couple episodes are talking about social work or social entrepreneurship. And explaining some different topics. Now, I've done some of this on my Patreon last year, which I closed down because I was trying to do both. Uh, this is where I wanted to talk about this, but I didn't know where, you know where to go with it. So, I'm going to do a couple of those episodes probably on here. And I would love to say I'm going to upload the last ones to Patreon. I might still do that. But I want to do an updated version because I've, I've learned some other stuff along the way um, that I want to provide. If you are interested, though, in helping, you know, having somebody help you brainstorm with your business, a brand idea, helping you learn more about entrepreneurship as a healthcare professional, social worker, mental professional, you know, community advocate, whatever. If you're interested in that, you know, my services start at 175 an hour. Um, but then there's also a, um if we'll do the first session, the one-on-one, -on -one. if you want to pick my brain, there's the time to come to that social work entrepreneurship coaching um, and just rap with me. We have a 60-minute session. You can do what you need with it. It might be one time. If that's cool, that's cool enough, that's cool with me. Also, if you want to do something ongoing, we'll, we'll, we'll flush that out, you know, at the after the after the one-on-one -on -one session. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to lock people into multiple you know, um, months if they're not prepared or ready for that, or if they really need that. Sometimes people don't need that. Some people, some people just need to rap for like a couple, couple hour or two, or one or two, three times, and they be good. So I'd rather have that option first. Let you decide what you want to do. But there's also there's an opportunity to do three, six month, nine month, a year type thing like that. But again, everybody don't need that. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to do something like that, come holler at me. Come talk to me. We can um, have a conversation and go to uphold318.com backslash social uh, SW brand. So, so SW brand. So, or you just go to the website, uh, www.uphold318.com. Go to um, consulting and you should see the options for consulting underneath that social work entrepreneurship. I'm sorry, social entrepreneurship. You'll see that. Click that. Fill out the form. Tell me everything. I'll get back to you 24, 48 hours and put some on the books to figure this thing out, man. But yeah, look for this series ongoing. It probably might be closer to the summertime because um, I'm going to be doing a lot of different things with my book and this, pushing this out there. Um, but I wanted to get kind of get this out there, prepare people for this launch of this and um, let people know that this service is available. And, this, you know, there, there is support out there. There is a template out there. Um, there is some social work entrepreneurs or social entrepreneurs out here that, you know, we have the keys and we want to make sure that you have them, too. So I don't want to, you know, go on and get out this field without giving this information to people who want to do this work but don't know where to turn. So this is where you're at. So definitely reach out. I'll be back soon. I can't tell y'all when, but I'll be back soon. Y'all take it easy, man. Make sure y'all go like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to go buy the book, Refresh the Journey, Find Peace. Leave an Amazon review. And, and um. Yeah, man. Y'all take care, man. All right?